G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of Double Jump Radio, the official podcast of DoubleJump.co. I'm your host, Abir, and this week I'm joined by Ed, who's making a triumphant return, having written a couple of uh, awesome articles and been running a few streams. Ed, how you doing, buddy? Hi, everyone. Hi, I'm great. I'm fantastic. Ni- nice to be here. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, man. What did you get? I, I upgraded to the Galaxy Note. Ooh, is, that, is that a new one? Is um, that the new one that 5G? just came out? That's the one literally just came out on Friday. Yep, Ooh. yep. So just just upgraded to that. I've I've had my Pixel three for uh, two years mm-hmm. now, and I think it was about time to upgrade. Yeah, I'm still running a Pixel three XL. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I I wasn't so enthused by my time with the Pixel. Mm-hmm. I think they it there was a lot of polish missing for how much the phones were worth, in my opinion. You know. Uh, so that's why I'm um, hopefully the the Note 20 works out a bit better as well. Yeah, are you excited about the XCloud functionality on the on the Galaxy? Because apparently they've been they've been really like boosting that, haven't they? Uh, yeah. So um, Microsoft has made a deal with Samsung where the 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 version of Project XCloud on the Samsung Galaxy Store is going to have the ability for people to actually purchase games and subscribe whereas the version of the app that comes out on the app store not the app store sorry the play store is not going to have that functionality because of google's 30 percent cut so uh, that's that's a that's going to become relevant again later on <laughs> yeah soon enough, in yes, the soon news, enough. but yeah I, i'm excited for that i think that's going to be a great potential because there's a lot of there's a lot of horsepower in the phone mm-hmm. definitely and, yeah and the screen running it up to 120 hertz would be great for it yeah, that's insane. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm still running my Pixel Three XL. I bought it like this year or last year. Time flies. I don't. I, <laughs> like the, my notion of time is 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 askew. I'm super happy with mine for now, and I'm I, yeah. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to eventually maybe upgrading to a Pixel a Four A because I'm running a Chromebook and I'm running a uh, a Pixel. So I'm like I really love the the functionality of like being being in kind of in the Google ecosystem. Obviously, yeah. As we'll see uh, in our story, yeah. in our first in our headliner story, no company is your friend. You shouldn't really like be in any ecosystem. But like yeah. Apple ha- has, uh, Google has me for now. And then on the game side, like I'm, I'm a PlayStation guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like for me, like I've got, I, run, I, w- I have a PC, but I also have an iPad Pro. Oh yeah. And I also have an Android phone, so it's kind of like <laughs> yeah. a bit of a bit of yeah weird mix around here. I so guess yeah. I, I, I chop and change and move from thing to thing, mm-hmm. which is kind of good because I work in electronics retail, so it's good to be familiar with different software so you can help people out and 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 sell people yeah, on different sure. products. I guess. Oh man, how about how about you? How's your week been? Um, how's uh, how's the UK? Is it warm over there? It's been great. Uh, the UK isn't synonymous with being warm per se. It's been warm like two or three weeks ago. We had like our our, our week of summer, and that was it. I, w- I wore shorts for like three days, and then uh, uh, it was rainy again. Pretty yeah, pretty pretty exactly. cloudy and pretty rainy these past few days. Uh, but I, I did um get up to watching uh, Detective Pikachu over the weekend, which was a uh, okay a lot of fun. I I know you haven't seen it yet, mm-hmm. which I'm very surprised because you yeah you have mentioned that you are a big Pokemon fan, so <laughs> you need to fix that sometime soon. But I will say that you will mm-hmm. definitely I think you would enjoy it. I haven't really followed Pokemon since you know I haven't played them since Pokemon Ruby oh, really? Sapphire. Oh god! So that was a very very oh, long time ago. So for me, I think the the movie did a good job of kind of skirting the line mm-hmm. between nostalgia and and new. So like people who are who grew up with Pokemon in the '90s, the 2000s, and the 2010s, I think can get a bit of everything. There's a good mix of Pokemon there. Yeah, it's 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 a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Like obviously, it's not the greatest in terms of the writing or anything like that. Not the most original movie, but it is a lot of fun. Yeah, like I mean, like. And that's that's what you want. I don't even know like how I didn't see it. I like I, I don't know what happened. I don't know where I was. I must have been doing something, and I was like, yeah, I sh- I'll I'll catch it in cinemas. Then I I was like, yeah, I'll catch it on Netflix. It's this and like Venom. That I'm completely shocked I haven't seen. I'm a massive Spider-Man fan as well, and I I haven't seen Venom. <laughs> haven't seen this, but oh, I did wow. go out and see like yep. the last video game movie, uh, which was Sonic the Hedgehog. I did see that. So so Sonic. I did see that, yep. and then. I, I yeah, that was that. that was okay, but I'm I'm excited for Detective Pikachu to eventually catch it. I know they're already planning a sequel, right, for the movie. Yeah, and yeah, 
of course. Yeah, and of then course. the movies based loosely based on the games, which are basically like like Sherlock Holmes Holmesy type games for the 3DS. Yeah, so I'll probably uh, play the mm-hmm. the, the game first and watch the movie, and then probably by the time the sequel comes out, I'll I'll be I'll be caught up. Abir, you really need to play the the new Pokemon games. So like I I played Sword and Shield, and even though I was like, eh, this is this is not great, but there's still something fundamentally mm. fun about the core f- Pokemon formula. Like I, I'm so annoyed by it. Like, obviously, Pokemon is the highest-grossing fa- media yeah. franchise in the world. Like, I know I cannot overstate this. In the world, it's it's insane. Across any, like, forget Marvel, MCU, and everything. Yeah. Forget Star Wars. Forget anything, 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 and everything. And it's the game is kind of meh. But there's still something so fun about like catching a Pokemon and naming it something stupid like Adam Sandler. I guess, I guess. I think it's that. Uh, I think it's like that mix of camaraderie and authority. It's it's weird, right? Mm. I think it's something like that there that gets people in. Plus, obviously, the idea of competition and wanting to collect everything. That's that's. I think that's always going to be the secret to Pokemon. Is always latching into those basic human instincts and just you know making billions of dollars off it yeah like and to me it's it's about like the the our fundamental desire to have pets and like love animals like that's always what's about to me like you think about every like great jrpg you think about like chrono trigger you think about final fantasy 7 8 9 maybe not 8 (laughs) sorry 8 7 (laughs) 9 whatever uh and uh you know like for me always with jrpgs the one thing that that uh is always there is the party members yeah. Is, is the party composition and just having the freedom of like picking and choosing a lot of like oh i don't like this guy you know i'm not even gonna bother catching him or catching them yeah i'm just gonna get my pikachus my my pony if there's my whatever yeah i think at some point it just became too much for me to like i'm like i don't want i don't want any of my pokemon to miss out on being in my party so i think yeah fair enough. And i've never finished a pokemon game i've always got stuck at one point or another there's always mm. a i always find a point where there's no like the last Pokemon game I actually played was Pokemon Yellow on my mobile phone a few years ago. Oh, sweet! Yeah, and, and I think I got stuck in uh, it's it's the one like where you at the team uh, team Rocket headquarters. Hideout. I don't know which yeah. city it was. Um, and like I just kept dying. I think that the at the gym there, but because you can't escape the city, like and everything's kind of shut down. I couldn't like. I was kind of stuck, you know, when you you got a bad checkpoint and you're, you're low on yeah. all your resources. <laughs> so I could never actually get out of that. And then obviously, you yeah. know, I was on my phone and stuff. So when I got a new phone, I lost all that and everything. Yeah. But you know what? It, that, eh, you, you, you move on. That's that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> when, when Pokemon Snap comes out, I'm, I'm considering streaming it. So I'll, I'll catch up with that. But maybe not like the mainline <laughs> games, but maybe some spinoffs. Maybe you'll be interested in that. Yeah. But I think what's going to happen is a lot of people are going to realize that Pokemon Snap is very boring. Mm, we'll have to see. We'll have to see when that comes out. I wonder what the new game will do. Maybe it'll be um like made for the Instagram generation. So it'll be all sorts of... Maybe you can make your Pokemon <laughs> dance to videos and stuff. Who knows? Like <laughs> like Pokemon TikTok. I don't know. I would love it, you know? Yeah, Pokemon TikTok. Yeah. Pokey, Pokey meme. <laughs> Pucky meme. Uh, you know what? We could keep talking about what we did and didn't watch <laughs> this past weekend, but how about we uh, kick things off by talking about what was on a beautiful website, doublejump.co, last week. Um, just to kind of list through, we had a, a four major stories that went up. We had Max's metaphor, metaphor, blah, Max's metamorphosis review. Um, then we had your um, your really in-depth a digest recap of Nintendo's Indie World stream. Um, and then we had Ben's kind of critique of the Indie World stream, which was a, a, another good read. Uh, we had Ruby's interview with a New Zealand uh, developer's Dinosaur Polo Club, who are after Mini Metro and Mini Highways, if you guys uh, weren't aware. And then we had Amelia's analysis of how The Last of Us, um, how Naughty Dog took on the classic hero's journey formula that you know people have seen countless times through things like you know star wars and you know other pop culture it's uh yeah fascinating anything that really stood out to you there ed besides your awesome digest all of these stories uh speak out to me i love mini metro so i i loved the interview with um what was it um developer polo club yeah not developer sorry dinosaur polo club yeah so that was an awesome interview dinosaur. <laughs> yeah dinosaur not developer they are developer dinosaur polo club and then i also because i studied literature at uni 
I need to uh, send a shout out to Amelia's analysis uh, of The Last of Us through the hero's journey. Really interesting how she like conceptualizes Joel's journey in that original game, and then she uh, she takes Joel through the uh, three acts of the hero's journey, like the ordinary world, the unknown, and then the return. Yeah. Really, I encourage that read. Yeah, yeah. No, I can, I can, like, just just thinking about it, I was like, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense, and I can, you can, you can, I mean. It's in a lot of pop, like it's in a lot of stories and movies and stuff. Like not to not to detract from the impact of the Last of Us, but obviously, like that that arc, that character arc has been told before. But it is interesting um, to see it applied in, in like a such a heartfelt way in a in a new medium. And and to me, like uh, to someone like me who's played the Last of Us Part Two, they are constantly over. Over there, not constantly trying to push uh, push on storytelling innovations and new ways of um, coming up with fun stories. Like I'm not gonna speak at length about what's happening in The Last of Us Part Two, but in between this and the original, like no, there really has been uh, boring from cinematic and literary techniques to improve storytelling in video games. And like you know, you think about stories, and it's, there's like how many how many stories can you still like summon? Because, like, at one point, you'll reach a point where you kind of, like, gone to the well so many times that, you know, you kind of run out of stories. That, that kind of resource is depleted. And then uh, the way you, you freshen things up is by coming up with new and, and innovative um, storytelling techniques. So I think that that's what's been fascinating this time around, to see how, like, it is kind of a similar story or a familiar story to what we've, we've seen before, but also it's new to video games. And that's, that's pretty exciting. Now... We're talking about storytelling, and I know that you really liked uh, Max's talk about uh, metamorphosis. Question. All right, 90 seconds. Tell me about Joseph Kafka. Why should... Not Joseph, sorry, Franz Kafka. Why Why is he important? So, um, Franz Kafka is a, is a bohemian writer. Uh, Bohemia is a region in, in, Czech, in the Czech Republic, uh, formerly um, Czechoslovakia, of the Habsburg um, Empire. And he's one of the most important 20th century uh, writers because he writes about uh, isolation and alienation in a way that no one does. And he kind of follows in the wake of World War One when everyone was devastated, where there was a lot of depression and people were just gathering up the pieces in the wake of World War One. And he wrote, um, he's really uh, mostly known for um, three works. One is the novel of the Metamorphosis, which follows Gregor Samsa um, as he turns into a beetle, and obviously the, that symbolizes a lot of feelings about like not feeling like, like you fit in, in human society and stuff like that. Second one is is the Trial, uh, which is a, a pretty big novel about Joseph K, basically a reflection of Kafka himself as he just gets lost in bureaucracy. And he is always going through courtrooms, but never really finds his case. He gets wrongly accused and sent to a trial, but he never finds it. He can never like get himself out of this of the situation. And so it's very absurd and very funny in its absurdity. And then the third one is the castle, which is his not necessarily his magnum opus, but his most difficult work so far. So uh, yeah, that's that's basically Franz Kafka in a in a crash course. But yeah, that was a a recap of what was on our beautiful website last week. How about we switch things over and talk about the news that's uh, that's been happening. And I think the, the lead story for this episode, as it was for last episode, was is the ongoing Apple versus Epic Games shit fight. Because uh, for, those, for those who might not be aware, here's a quick recap. Basically, Epic Games added... Um, V-Bucks, the ability to purchase V-Bucks from within the mobile versions of Fortnite. However, alongside the kind of in-app purchase through, you know, the app the app store or Google Play, um, Epic Games also had a discounted rate for people to basically buy V-Bucks th- directly from Epic Games and bypassing the purchase systems that both the App Store and Play Store have in place. So effectively not giving Google or Apple the 30% cut that they are uh, obliged to receive when you sell any content through those App Stores. Now, obviously, Apple was not happy about this and Epic Games knew this was going to happen. So Epic Games filed 
uh, a an antitrust lawsuit against Apple and Google once they removed Fortnite from the App Store and Google Play Store, respectively. Um, Epic Games also released an advertisement calling on its players to hashtag free Fortnite from the clutches of Apple, um, which, uh, you know, and I think... I think that was also a, a bit of a annoying. I don't know. I'm not not the biggest fan of the way Epic Games did uh, is fighting this uh, this battle, and since then Apple has actually um, told Epic Games, well, we're gonna pull your developer license, essentially meaning that not only can't Epic Games develop its own games uh, effectively on the on Apple platforms, but also means that the Unreal Engine, which is made by Epic Games and which thousands of games rely rely on, can also not be, you know, continue to be developed on if you want to release your games on Apple platforms. Now, obviously, this has far-reaching impact across the entire games industry and it's even prompted Microsoft to join the fray. And Microsoft just recently uh, far, um, issued a statement, uh, like an official filing, in support of Epic Games and very cleverly kind of skirted the fact that Epic Games, you know, did breach its contract with Apple, which you can't deny that whether you like it, no matter whose side you're on, you can't deny the fact that Apple, Epic Games, Google, you know, if I'm going to sell my product on your app store, I sign an agreement with you and I and I accept the fact that you're going to take a bit of money from me. That's just, God. that's in the contract, right? <laughs> Epic Games knew that what it was going to, implementing its own payment system and bypassing what Apple and Google have done means that those companies are not going to be happy about it and you are going to be in breach of contract. Now, Microsoft has issued a statement to say that it supports Epic Games in terms of making, in terms of having Apple uh, not take down those uh, Epic Games' developer license and taking down support for the Unreal Engine because Microsoft does benefit from Unreal Engine. Forza Street is uh, is an example of a game that uh, Microsoft has released on Apple platforms that rely that uses Unreal Engine. Um, but it's interesting to see that Epic Games filing a a how should I put it? A, a restraining order against Apple from removing the the this uh, developer support. It's it's kind of like you knew Apple was going to do this, right? You knew what you were doing. You know, you had an ad campaign ready. You had a lawsuit ready. You knew what you were doing, and it's a bit unfair to say that oh, Apple has taken away Fortnite. Apple is doing this when it's actually you, Epic Games, doing this. You you knew this was going to happen, and you knew that it was going to affect other. You know, it's going to affect other companies because they rely on something that you provide, and that you rely on Apple in turn to allow you to use. Right. So, I, what do you think about this situation? What do you think about Microsoft joining the fray and 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 Epic responding to Apple taking away its dev license? Yes. Yeah, so for me, two things. I need to address and I think we should make clear from the get-go is one, no company is ever your friend. So this is not about picking sides. The wrong, the, <laughs> the, the correct side to pick here yeah. is not, not pick a side at all. And the second thing that we need to address yeah. is that Microsoft is playing a very dangerous game. We're just getting involved here because obviously Microsoft has a, has a horse in the race and that horse is xCloud. And it's interesting to consider that yeah. Microsoft also and Game, and Game Pass, Pass well. yes, but Microsoft also uh, is taking thirty percent. Sony is also taking thirty percent. Nintendo is, uh, is also taking thirty percent. So Microsoft is like, no, 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 just like ignore that. Just focus on the fact that we have games on on uh, on Apple that are using Epic as Unreal Engine. So obviously. At face value, you're like, oh yeah, Microsoft is fighting the good fight. You know, they're fighting for all the devs. Epic is fighting all the good fight. They're fighting for the devs. Yes, that is also true. But underneath all of this, right, there's also Microsoft wanting um, wanting xCloud on Apple device. And then there's also Epic wanting to make more money out of Fortnite. You could argue that Epic and other companies, you know, maybe that 30% cut is a bit extreme. You could argue that. But yeah, I personally think that the way Epic Games has gone about it 
is not the right way. And I think it's made Epic Games look greedy mm. and look like a bunch of dickheads. Because it could have been something like... Imagine an alternate universe where Epic Games doesn't introduce the V-Bucks and stuff. But you know what? Maybe, maybe it does introduce mm-hmm. V-Bucks, but not its own payment system and just says, listen... This is how much money Apple takes away from us, and this is money that can go towards making the game better. Yeah, you know, it could go towards giving away prizes and making more content, whatever it is, right? But in and and then you still file an antitrust lawsuit, but you still keep the game available to players. You know what I mean? And you, and you don't yeah. jeopardize your relationships with your developers. You know, you can act as a vanguard for the industry, mm-hmm. but if something happens there the entire wrongdoing potentially could be on Apple's side because you haven't technically breached its contract. All you're doing is just raising awareness yep. about the issue, right? And Epic Games has done that before with, you know, with Steam and with uh, Crossplay and stuff. Mm-hmm. So Epic Games does have a track record of doing, you know, consumer-friendly moves, but this isn't the way to do it. This just comes across as... Uh, think of think of the app store as like a flea market, right? Yeah. So imagine Apple's like, okay, yep. here's a market. I'm gonna you you get access to getting a stall in my market, right? I what what will happen is every time you sell something, I'll take a fee from that, and that fee is gonna go to me maintaining the market, getting the word out there about your stall, things like that, right? Epic mm-hmm. Games is effectively agreed to that, but then when you get to the Epic Games stall. They're going to have two prices for an item. One price is what the official price yep. is, and then Apple, as the manager of the market, takes a cut. And here's the under-table price, which is significantly cheaper, but Apple doesn't mm-hmm. get a cut out of it. But they're both presented to the um, the, the the buyer as as viable potentials. Now, obviously, if I was the market owner and I, got, and I found out about that, I would not be happy about that, right? Because you've come into my space. Mm-hmm. I don't have to let you into my space. And you've agreed to the way my rules are you know in that sense you can kind of see where epic games is doing something wrong you know instead of yeah instead of doing something on the side and just saying listen uh yes we're in this market but we are not happy about it and going around getting a petition or 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 or, you know getting signatures from other stall vendors and talk about the complaints and raising that with the with mm-hmm. the, the manager of the market, which is Apple, that would have been a different approach. You know, you wouldn't have come across as, as like, um, as a selfish, you know, like a selfish pig. Like, you, Epic's trying to have it take, <laughs> have its cake and eat it too, right? It's, it's just greedy. Yeah. It, it doesn't. It, Epic's not making friends with the moves it's doing, right? And there's thousands of, there's thousands of small independent studios and. And you know, it, you could be a university pro- program relying on the Unreal Engine for developing because mm-hmm. it's got so much, uh, so many tools, so many like so much software, so many plugins. You know, you don't have to make your own lighting system. You don't have to make your own sound mm-hmm. system or physics system or something, right? You give you've got the tools already there. You can just play with it, right? You don't have to reinvent the ball. Yep. So taking a like you're jeopardizing thousands and thousands of projects and not everyone's got deep pockets like Microsoft, you know what I mean? To, to weather the storm mm-hmm. and potentially start again with a new engine, you know? That's 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 what frustrates me is like Epic knew what it was doing and it didn't do it the way yep. that would have hurt the least amount of people. Yes, but to j- just just yeah, you, you go royal up about that. But just to to play the devil's advocate for just for just a second, um, so like if you're an indie developer, thirty percent hurts you a lot. I I, I think thirty percent of every, of every single product that you're selling is a lot. Like I I know this. Um, so a, a massive discussion about what's going on on the App Store right now is that uh, Apple um, has um, preferential treatment when it comes to games. And then I, my speculation is that that's because of Apple Arcade. Then that's because Apple might also be interested at some point in the future investing in some some cloud streaming service that would allow you to stream games on Apple devices. So I definitely, in my the back of my mind, I'm always like, yeah, well, Apple is also doing this because they have something planned. But again, 30% is a lot. And, uh, you know, 
if you're rooting for any of these sides to win, if you if you're rooting for Epic and if they actually win the lawsuit, and you know, let's say they're back on the App Store, and then Apple's like, okay, fine, fifteen percent. That is really that would be really important to a lot of indie developers, and also like when you consider like other digital purchases. Like I use Comixology a lot. I'm I'm on my Kindle a lot. I read a lot. Yes, so. That was thirty percent a few years ago. Uh, that was that was thirty uh, percent in every single issue of every single comic, which is a lot when it comes down to individual comics. So uh, Amazon just decided, you know what, we are going to let you read your comics on on the App Store if you have the, the Kindle app, get. but you but you're just going to have to buy it through our browser. You you you're not yeah, able which to, is the way to it buy gets around it with Kindle as well. Yeah. And and that's how and that's how they get around it. So I don't know it's it's kind of weird. And obviously, one hundred percent, this is no no over yet. Like this, I I expect this to be a story for like weeks, if not even months, to come. Well, if I were to play the devil's advocate's advocate, <laughs> if I may, you know, you you could yeah. say you could argue that okay, sure, sure, so thirty sure. percent is a big cut, right? But if I lose access to my mm-hmm. dev you know, tools, I can't even put my game out and I get 0%. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, I think that's the other part of it yeah. in that. Uh, I mean, we, we uh, um, you you know, you follow the industry as well. I mean, how many stories are there of just like, you know, mm-hmm. people living from like just, just scraping by just to get a game and just hoping that the game sells a little bit. And yeah. that's the, the first time that they get a, a quote unquote income, you know, for, for months or maybe years, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's the scary part in that I don't know if Epic Games has it hasn't announced it yet, but I hope it does announce. You know what if I think the thing that could maybe save Epic Games if Epic Games says, you know what, if you have a dispute with Apple and you're a small size developer, you know, join into our lawsuit. We'll make it a class action and we will help you with your legal fees. Or you know, during the time that Apple has removed your your game, we will pay, we will give you a certain amount of, you know, lost mm-hmm. potential revenue or something. I think that might be the only thing that Epic can do to improve its image here. It, it, it's, yeah. it's like, it's like pooped in its hand and thrown poop at Apple. You know what I mean? It's still got shit on its hands, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's still not clean. And, and so, like, I, I, <laughs> Yeah, I think Apple Epic's kind of shot itself in the foot there, and I think Microsoft has, and and you 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 point out rightly that Microsoft also is an app store owner, like it's got its own stores. So obviously it's a bit hypocritical to call out another store, but I think Microsoft is has been very smart mm-hmm. and skirted around the thirty percent, you know, kind of the cut. Yeah, and but it it, it skirted around that um, to to say well you shouldn't take away something mm-hmm. that can hurt Absolutely. so many people. Okay, fair enough. But then it's also impl- it's also kind of also agreeing to the fact that saying that okay, you can't take away something that's going to hurt a lot of people even if it means that uh it was a breach of a- an agreement between you and another company. And that can cause a dangerous precedent because you could have people just kind of pulling a lot of dodgy moves here and there, you know, and, and just people have to swallow it. So it, it goes both ways. There's yeah. positives and negatives there. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. Like, if if you had your, like, if if we go back to the, the Apple yeah, absolutely. as the market owner analogy, right? Like that metaphor, like you, you work to a certain extent to make sure everything's neat and clean and it's got a certain, you know, there's an order to it, right? Mm-hmm. But then if, 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 if there's a precedent they're saying that oh every stall owner can actually charge whatever they want whatever fees you know they can put in whatever they want you don't have those controls because the agreements you have with those people when they when they first set up shop in your market oh those are all null and void now they can do whatever they want then you're going to have a lot of chaos and it's going to be very hard to police not only the the damage they can do to themselves obviously but also the damage that it'll do to your brand as the market owner so i think it's 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 a very dangerous game that's being played right now, and I think it's still early, and it's still early. All right, it's only been two weeks. Like this is going to be a battle for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is a this is a good uh, point to end on. And my my final point is that you know up until this moment, um, 
this could have settled in, a, in an okay way. Like, they would, would have reached an agreement and they were like, hey, Apple, actually, you're cool. Epic, you're nice, whatever, fine. Epic, uh, uh, Apple puts uh, Fortnite back on the App Store, everything, everyone's happy, or uh, relatively happy, whatever. But now that this has happened, there's no way it's going to end well for both for both parties involved. Like, this is this is the defining moment, I think, in, in terms of like, okay, so this is going to get ugly. And this got ugly super fast. 100%. Yeah, I mean, even Facebook got involved as well. I mean, and now Epic Games is kind of considering creating a coalition of mm-hmm. other people who aren't happy with it. You know, companies like Spotify, yeah. who who is already, in a lot of people's eyes, not the best company to work with, given the fact that, you know, a lot of people see Spotify as strangling the, the music industry mm-hmm. in terms of the way it pays out, you know, uh, revenue and things like that. But, you know, that's a discussion for another time yeah. but an epic led coalition with some big brands you know that could you could lead to change great change like you know reducing the cut mm-hmm. from app store takings and stuff which i think would be great for everyone but it could also go the other way and make things worse unintentionally as well you know yeah because at the end of the day apple can just say well you know what we don't like associating with you you know you, there's the, i'm sure there's some writing in the in the contract mm. somewhere saying that you can't act in a way that hurts apple's brand and is derogatory that makes us look bad you know however you want to define that but it's apple could just yank the yank the cord on all these things and they just and they did they did that's they, what they did know, potentially could l- die <laughs> yeah and and that's the thing like epic games could survive but um you know even even a company as big as bungie couldn't survive mm-hmm. like if Destiny was like a massive mobile game, you know, and you, and you took out, you know, kind of more than half your player base or whatever, you, you wouldn't survive. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. Those All that Tencent money is really <laughs> the keeping money. Epic uh, cushy. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, uh, you know what else is making people feel mm-hmm. nice, warm and cushy inside is uh, Nintendo's love of the independent games yes. sector. Well, Ed, what do you... Please take us through the the delightful stream that Nintendo held last week. Okay, so last week Nintendo had one of the indie worlds, uh, which is just an indie presentation that I like to have. I guess they just dropped the indie the Nindie moniker, and now just the de facto name is Indie World. Yeah. Um, about twenty minutes long, they just announced it on like a Tuesday or a Monday. They showed the games on Thursday. Twenty minutes mm. long, very snappy, very fast, super good, uh, actually fantastic. And they had six games available on the day, which is really, really good. I think unprecedented. I think I think it's a record now. Um, and the best part is also that yeah, yeah super is good. good. Also that um, uh, they also had a big indie sale, which actually included some some of the games from the presentation. So truly, Nintendo is out here with like an entire celebration of of indies on the Switch, which is you love to see it happening. And some of my standouts, or I guess three yeah. of my standouts. Uh, Raji, uh, an ancient epic, which is a game, which is an action adventure game set in ancient India, which was available on the day, and I've I've heard is actually really good. Yeah. Um, Spirit Ferra, cool. which yeah, yeah Spirit Ferra, which we've uh, we've seen previously, mm-hmm. which is a kind of like a Ghibli esque cozy management game about dying, and I know this sounds very somber, but it's actually a very touching and moving game. Yeah. Where you basically just like um. Yeah. Sharon in the underworld and just like urging spirits to to go to the the soul world essentially and then keeping to the underworld theme is yeah. Hades by uh Supergiant who did Bastion, Transistor yep. and Pyre. Supergiant games. Yeah. Yep. And uh, they've revealed that that's going to come to Switch. Yeah, yeah. And they've revealed that that game is going to uh, to come in 2021. So these three games I think are the standouts for me. I read through your your reporting of that, and I think Jake he he helped you out a fair bit with that mm-hmm. as well, which is awesome. Love the yeah. love the, the yeah, cooperative absolutely. work. Shout out to Jake. Uh, one thing that really stood out to me was kind of the art styles. There were a lot of very beautiful games in the showings. Yeah, and I know that the the Switch cops a lot of crap about not being as powerful as the other consoles, but I'm a firm believer mm-hmm. in that the you can make different art styles really pop and look vibrant without having the the highest fidelity in terms of graphical prowess. But I I just saw um like 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 Raji was like just very distinct. I I I, I was very and and obviously the super giant like 
super giant games always look beautiful i think gen z uh, is the mm-hmm. the lead artist at super giant and she's always done fantastic work yeah so I, I was i'm i'm excited to see all these like different worlds that people are exploring and and i think that with everyone kind of being stuck at home looking for things to do looking for content mm-hmm. like having nintendo back back these uh, independent developers by actually putting money and subsidizing you know the the games by putting sales on is 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 a great way mm-hmm. to get people to try games that they otherwise may, may not have tried or may not have even heard of yeah. so I, I think good on good on nintendo yeah and besides the art style one other thing that's that struck me is uh, representation in terms of um, where all of these developer developers are based obviously we mentioned raji that's not only just a game set in ancient India, but it's also made by an Indian-based, uh, India-based studio. So you absolutely love to see it happening, just to see uh, more countries join the fray, and you know, to, to see voices from everywhere else. Like we mentioned, Metamorphosis, the game Max uh, reviewed, which is based on Kafka. That's uh, done by a Polish-based studio, which is Eastern Europe, right? So. Indie games really like are a, are a way for all of these studios from all over the world, literally all over the world, to, to, to come up and say, hey, this is our fresh take on this project, which is really special to us or has a cultural resonance to us. And I think, you know, I'm super excited to, to check out Raji and to see, wow, yeah, you know, like this this feels like an authentic um, authentic representation of, of something. Yeah, so something that's important to like, yes, that that's out now. And, you know, again... For me, it's interesting to to check out a game made by you know people who live in the Indian subcontinent. So I'm I'm fascinated by by that. Oh, that that I I'm I'm just happy. I love I love saying that. But I think I think it's also good to see, uh, you know, discussions like what what Ben did with his piece. He's kind of like not his rebuttal, but he's kind of his kind of wishes for Nintendo could have how Nintendo could have done a bit more to help out in the independent scene. I think it's very valid in that, you know, it's very easy to just chuck out a 20, 20 minute stream pre-recorded with, with basically all these assets that have been provided to you by all these hardworking developers. But it, it's another thing to kind of have that ongoing support, that kind of tangible support that developers really need right now, especially during the, you know, the pandemic where everyone's kind of strained for work, mm-hmm. you know, really struggling uh, mentally as well, you know, being away from friends and family. Yeah, well, uh, uh, what Ben says in his editorial that went up right after the Indie World Digest is that Nintendo fills the eShop with shovelware. So it's really the Wild West in terms of like whatever you can find on the the eShop. And even now, if I grab my Switch and I'm looking on it, you, like bestsellers are games that like you can buy for like, one pence or like 0.01 uh australian dollars or whatever so like it's it's really full of like uh games that are not curated by nintendo and i'm I'm even personally surprised nintendo actually allows on their platform and like if you look at the competition uh, like if you look at nintendo's competition playstation kind of dropped indies anyway so they're not doing much in terms of that they they grabbed indies when they needed exactly. them with the launch of the ps4 and and the, yeah, exactly. And then now that. again with the PS5, they're kind of like, like, hey, winky, winky. Yes, yes, exactly. Yep. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they dropped them when they didn't. Mm-hmm. Whereas Microsoft's kind of kept steady with with its idea at Xbox program. Chris Charla over, who's been heading yep. that program for a number of years now, has has always had that air of authenticity and, and and actual care, and that hasn't wavered at all. Which I which I really really praise Microsoft for doing. Whereas I feel like Sony. I mean, I said that I think it was last week or the week before as well. Like Sony kind of said, uh What's going to separate us? Oh, love the indies. Yeah, we're for the players and everything, blah, blah, blah. And then once all that kind of, once once Sony got the lead, it just became very like, uh, yeah, just, yeah, here's a big game here and there. Here's these yep. exclusives. These will carry on until the next six months when the next one comes out and stuff. You know, that's, it's, 
it's 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 that arrogant Sony we got towards the end of the PS2 <laughs> that really crushed the PS3. Uh, yeah, I'm. It's not the Sony that I want to see going into the PS5, but I guess it's the Sony we're getting. Yeah, we'll we'll have to see. Like, I mean, I'm excited for Bug Snacks. I'm excited for Returner. Yeah. No, Returnal, which is the game from the guys who did uh, Returnal. Yeah. From from Housemark. So those are indie games yes. that Sony is, is backing and is is uh, you know yeah, yeah. V- vouching for for holiday launch. But we'll have to see. But yeah, you know, yeah. N- Nintendo's doing well in terms of promoting indies in their presentations, but not so much in making them visible yeah, on well, the, the, the eShop, which like... is strange that, that's the thing like we're talking about kind of tangible things like you know if you really believe in my game if you really believe in independent voices make sure that those voices are heard make sure that these games are seen mm-hmm. otherwise you're just going to turn into another steam where you know you just go on yeah. to the latest releases on steam and it's just basically like just cheap cash-ins or you know ports over something that was mobile and the the bare mm-hmm. minimum was done to make it work on the platform and hey, everyone's got to make money, but yeah. you know, like you want quality. You you want to maintain that top level of quality, which you know maybe Nintendo needs to bring back that yeah. seal of approval, that gold stamp that we all need. <laughs> yeah, I wish we could just stop the bombs there. Point, but maybe yeah, maybe moving on to our next story it may not be the best pick me up, but you know, for fans out there, you know, I know <sighs> Ty and Max yeah. and our team. They are, they are huge fans of the Vampire the Masquerade series. Um, disappointingly, it, it seems like Paradox, uh, publisher Par- mm-hmm. Paradox Interactive and uh, developer Heartsuit Labs uh, have kind of jointly announced that, number one, they've delayed Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 to uh, next year. But something even more strange is that uh, mm-hmm. they've actually fired or terminated the employment of two of the lead developers. So, lead narrative designer Brian Mitsoda and creative director Kai Clooney. You know, basically the two main people, mm-hmm. you know, think think of like um, like like Nathan Druckmann and and Bruce Straley from Naughty Dog. You know, the people who did kind of led, led The Last of Us. Imagine them getting the boot. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? This is kind of the equivalent that, of that. Like the two uh... main people behind the game getting booted while the game's still in yeah. development. And development's already tough with everyone working from home. So, listen, uh, there's not a lot of mm. clarity in terms of what actually happened. Yeah. Uh, both the companies didn't really make it clear why. They just said it was a joint decision by the leadership of both companies. Uh, I think Mitsoda spoke to Rock Paper Shotgun and mm-hmm. was also kind of... Um, surprised by the move so my my worry is that given everything that's been happening in the games industry regarding allegations and a lot of misconduct who knows if that's the reason why but it could just as easily be you know politics you know someone's upset the wrong person and now they're gone and the only people that'll hurt Mm -hmm. you know the the people that'll hurt in, in that situation the most would probably be the the developers who work directly under them now scrambling to to salvage the original vision and or might have to completely yeah. shift vision when a new voice comes in, and um, mm-hmm. you know, and the players because like the players have been waiting. They they don't want another, they don't want another kind of fumbled game, another yeah, fumbled sure. sequel. They want, they want, they want the things mm-hmm. that made the original Bloodlines great and. Um, Ty wrote an excellent article last year about yeah. what the original game, um, you know, the potential the original game had and where Bloodlines 2 can really improve. And, you know, and Maximilian, I mean, mm-hmm. Max, sorry, uh, talked about how even, you know, Bloodlines, it wasn't the best game in the world, but also had kind of some, you <laughs> know, it had some endearing qualities to it. But I, like with something like Deadly Premonition, you can only get away with that mm-hmm. once. You can only be the underdog once, you know. That's the thing. You, there's, a, I don't think the second game can mm. survive the, uh, you know, a bloodbath, so to speak, you know, uh, this time around. Yeah, especially since, especially since Brian Matoda uh, was the lead writer yeah. for the first one as well. So now that he's fired, he, or he got terminated... Um, it's going to be interesting to see if if it maintains that direction or if it maintains uh, his ideas for a yeah. sequel or a direct continuation to uh, 
to Bloodline 1, or whether or not 2 will, is just going to be so different to 1 that it's I mean, just an entirely we've seen different it. piece now. And not also just the, yeah. a on-live correction. Hmm. Uh, on uh, you, you said Nathan Druckmann from Nordic. That's Neil Druckmann from from Nordic. Neil Druckmann. My bad. My bad. Yes. Yeah. I'm thinking of Nathan yeah. Drake. <laughs> yeah, Nathan Drake, Neil Druckmann. We've seen yeah. it happen before, where people have taken over, try to salvage a project. I mean, the Star Wars movies kind of suffered. <laughs> and you know what? No. <laughs> I don't think the, the the DC side of things has fared much better in terms of salvaged work. Ed, yeah. there is a lot. Lot has been cooking in the DC side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's what's what what's happening with with DC fandom? What happened over the weekend? Yes, yeah, so DC fandom is basically like DC's premier event. In the same way, how like there's uh, the Disney Expo, like D twenty three. DC was like, let's have just like one day, one live stream, twenty four hours, where we showed the games, the movies, the comics, the whatever, everything we have cooking it up in the pots. Mm. And on the on the game side, to begin with this, before we address anything else, um, there's two games that have been revealed, which, let's be honest, were yeah, the two main yeah, games were open secrets in the gaming industry for years now. Um, the first one being the the Golem mm-hmm, Knights mm-hmm. game made by W Montreal, which is not part, Gotham yeah, Knights, which is yeah. not part of the Arkham series of game, and is basically like a co-op game yeah. which features the Bat Family, like Batgirl, Nightwing, Red Hood, Robin, but anyone besides batman and it's just going to be an action adventure game that comes yes. out next year and and it is being made by the main arkham uh developer which is rocksteady studios no uh, no no sorry this with is... the arkham games gotham knights no but this is yeah, gotham knights is wb montreal oh, in origins yes 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 because yes, because this is set in that universe yes, isn't yeah it? no this is a new universe since you, mentioned, since you mentioned Rocksteady, Rocksteady has teased that they're working on a Suicide Squad game, which is officially called Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, which is a continuation of yeah. the Arkham games. So it takes, it takes place after Arkham Knight, which came out in 2015, and saw Batman basically, Batman basically yeah. retire. And in that game, you'll play as Harley Quinn, Deadshot, Boomerang, or King Shark. And that's going to be basically like a games-as-a-service game with one to four yeah. player co-op, kind of like DC's Avengers, more more or less. And the main villain is yeah. Brainiac, which has taken over like Superman and Wonder Woman and all of that, all of that jazz, all of that. It's got like an, it's got like a very injustice kind of motivation. Yes, there, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's similar. Yeah, you, you see an evil Superman again. Yeah. So just to be clear, just to be clear, two games announced mm-hmm. at two games officially kind of unveiled yeah. at the event. The first one was Gotham Knights, which is being developed by Warner Brothers Montreal, yeah. um, which was the developer behind Arkham Origins. Origins, yes. Or Batman Arkham Origins, which was the chronologically the first game yeah. in terms of when it's set in the Batman timeline, but is actually the last game that was made. It's kind of like a prequel, uh, prequel kind of side project. Suicide yeah. Squad, Kill the Justice yeah. League. That is the new, um, new Rocksteady-made action game. Yeah. That is made by the people who made the original Arkham trilogy, yeah. but not set in that universe. No, that Whereas, is set in the universe. Um, the that one yeah. is, but the Gotham Knights game is not yeah. set in that universe. Okay, all right. Rocksteady working with what it knows already. Yes, yeah, so the timeline in Arkham is currently Arkham Origins, Asylum, City. Knight and now Suicide Squad, and then Gotham Knights is just a different thing altogether. It's a different universe, different Batman. It's just a different thing. thing. Yep, yep, yep. It's like, oh shit, Batman's gone. Now we got to look after yeah. the city yeah, yeah. type thing. Basically, <laughs> what? Do you, okay, here's here here's the thing. Rocksteady kind of sucked at its portrayal of um, yeah. Harley Quinn in the Arkham games yeah. in my opinion like I, I played I played Arkham okay I never finished Arkham mm-hmm. Asylum I got a little bit through it I was I got stuck in one thing <laughs> and I just couldn't be bothered um, but I liked Arkham yeah. City I played that and I liked it I think it was a lot of fun it was very long and the DLC was trash <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry but it was just like completely wasted potential um, it, it's like uh, it's like the DC uh, Rocksteady went home mm-hmm. for Christmas, and then WB 
sent an email saying, oh, <laughs> hey, you guys got to release a DLC, what's happening? And then on the way out, Rocksteady, the last guy at Rocksteady turned to the interns and said, hey, you guys go do just play <laughs> around with the big toys and we'll be back in two weeks. Let us know if you, mm. what, what DLC you've created. That is exactly <laughs> what that felt like to me. So I like the gameplay. I love I loved being Batman and, you know, floating mm-hmm. around and the abilities and stuff. Um, and I loved how, f- like, kind of like, th- you know, the physicality yeah. of the combat. But I just, I, I, you know what? I don't know how well Rocksteady is going to really handle the depiction of non, non-Bruce yeah, Wayne and, characters. Yeah, and before we go on, <laughs> and before anyone in the comments or in the emails just, like, corrects me on this, I do know that there's also Arkham Origins Blackgate, which is the VR yes, game. people like that. And there's also Arkham VR. Yeah. Yeah, and there's also Arkham VR, but I didn't really, con- I don't really consider them in, in the canon of like Arkham games. So just, just to make clear on that, because that's the thing, like Arkham Origins didn't get the best reviews. I think a lot of people found that very rote and kind of tired out. I mean, I think it was before Arkham Knight, wasn't it? It was, it was kind be- of yeah, in between they, City yeah, and Knight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like tail end of the Xbox 360. Yeah. In terms of its release, I think it came out on 360. Uh, like that generation of consoles and then also on the DS, on the 3DS and the Vita, I believe. Yeah, they, they it was still in that time where you had a mainline console game and then you had like a, you had a different dev make like a portable game with a different style, yeah. a different story, but like attached yeah. to the initial Origins project. But I think people liked the Blackgate game a little bit more from what I remember but obviously that's almost yeah. a decade and even Origins <laughs> has, has its fans definitely you know I, 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 love, I love the fact that it takes place at Christmas yeah, so. yeah cause, and it was a prequel so it had like kind of the early goings on of, of, of Batman kind of like still kind of being early on in mm-hmm. his career as a as a vigilante a masked vigilante with oh, granted billions yeah, of dollars yeah. <laughs> but uh, so what, what do you think like what do you I mean Suicide Squad being made by Rocksteady, mm-hmm. like there's a, there's a pedigree there, you know. Um, what do you think about Gotham Knights? Do you think that's got? Are you are you worried about that, as a as like a game as a service? So with Gotham Knights, I'm I'm kind of in two minds. On the one hand, I really love the idea of playing as members of the Bat Family. I actually love that in Knight. I love playing as anyone but Batman. That was pretty fun to me. Uh, I love the selection that we have currently. Like, I'll 100% play as Batgirl. Uh, and I also am really excited mm. by the idea of just, like, they've announced a two-player online co-op through the entire campaign. I'm just really keen on, like, playing this yeah. with a friend and being like, yeah, we're just having a, a good time as the Bat family. Obviously, I 100% guarantee... Uh, yeah, I 100% guarantee that <laughs> Batman will be playable in some way, shape, or form. Like, they're not... They're not they're not <laughs> fooling anyone. Like you will be able to play as Batman in their game, but yeah. what concerns me is that they're kind yeah. of moving away from everything that made the Arkham games great. You see, in in the seven minutes mm. snippet of gameplay they showed, you see like uh dam- yeah, you Gotham see Knights, uh, yeah. damage counters, you see elements from stuff like Destiny or like from games as a service, and to me that's like that's not where the strength of the Arkham games was, and I'm. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just yeah. cautious on it. I'm excited, but I'm. It might be a dud, and yeah. there's no way to, to, exactly. to tell for now. So, just to clarify uh, and correct myself, Gotham Knights is more traditional yeah. action game, and the Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, which is the Rocksteady game. That one is going to be more like mm-hmm. a Destiny style kind of games uh, again, as a service title, like as an ongoing changes to the game world. Yeah. Again, supposedly, like they yeah, didn't yeah. actually say this, but there have been reports, uh, Bloomberg reports, Eurogamer reports that this is kind of the direction they're going. And from yeah. what they've shown, they didn't show gameplay on Suicide Squad. They just basically showed a trailer telling us, informing us of the yeah. tone. They have said that it's going to be one to four players co-op, drop in, drop out, and that you'll be able to take over at uh, your AI squad mates at any point. And in a sense... I trust Rocksteady's pedigree with this. I trust that they know what yeah. they're doing. I'm excited that we are moving away from Batman. I'm excited that this is Metropolis. I'm excited <laughs> yeah. to see something yeah. new. Yeah. Uh, it's fun to see just a, a Rocksteady game yeah. during the daylight because all of the Arkham games are so dark and gritty. So it's fun So it's fun to, to see Suicide Squad have some fun with it. Okay, uh, it's a lot of like Sunset Overdrive vibes good, uh, for me. The, the movement system in that was really fun. 
yeah. So we'll see. But again, I'm the one thing I'm concerned about mm. is that it's going to uh, be affected by the movie's legacy. Obviously, I hate the 2016 Suicide Squad movie. I hated that film. But <sighs> yeah. But this game releases Suicide Squad is set to release in 2022 for PC and next gen, which is a year after James Gunn is the Suicide Squad, which I really do hope changes the reputation of Suicide Squad. It was a dumb movie. <laughs> it was stupid. We'll have to see more about it, but I, I, you know, bottom line is I trust Rocksteady. That that is my bottom line. Now, are you sure? Are you sure you want to trust Rocksteady given the allegations that have come come to light? Again, like you know, I mentioned earlier, don't don't trust any company. Don't don't you know, place your faith in company. This is again mm. another another showcase of the fact that even a beloved studio like Rocksteady can have a can be part of a toxic culture. So after so very recently, there was a Guardian report uh, published in the Guardian. Pu- sorry, yeah, there was a report published in the Guardian uh, showcasing um, sexual misconduct allegations. And since Rocksteady's responded on Twitter saying that actually, yeah, um, the, the Guardian story is not a fair representation of us. The events at the time or since the letter uh, was received have been have changed. Um, in yeah. the meantime, uh, Rocksteady script writer yeah. Kim McCaskill who signed the original letter, yeah. which was some, from 2018, in which they complained about sexual harassment and misconduct at Rocksteady, posted a video yeah. to YouTube where she publicly asked Rocksteady to take her name off of uh, Suicide Squad. And then the story has another wrench thrown into it. Then Since then, Rocksteady again responded on Twitter saying, since then we have introduced new ways of ensuring we are making good on our commitment to inclusion and they are dedicated to listening and improving and have employed specialists to help further enhance equity and representation at Rocksteady. Yeah. Like you don't come up with a statement like that unless you you don't admit you've done something wrong, but you can say that you're going to make improvements, which is kind of a roundabout saying that, you know, something did happen, but, you know, we're not lawyers, so we can't we can't say for sure that that's what exactly happened there. Obviously, the story is still developing and it's very, very murky. We don't know for sure what's going on, but I think given, it's safe to assume that something went wrong somewhere. Given the prevalence of misconduct and yeah. harassment in not just the gaming industry, but in a lot of creative industries, it is very likely yeah, no. that something really poor happened there. And I just can't believe that it took two years for this letter to come out. I guess no one cared until the whole stink, until everyone kind of started talking about, you know, uh, social issues. Uh, you know, not not since Gamergate, which is about six years ago now, did it, which, you know, industry mm-hmm. was very different back then, but now people seem to care. Yeah. Yeah, but like, you know, my civil, silver lining with this is that at least it's happening. Yeah. You know, like, obviously you have the Me Too movement, which is kind of seen like, you know spread widely across industries and now you see here the games industry and i'm super glad this is happening yeah. obviously i'm very sorry to hear about everything that's that's yeah. been going on at rocksteady at ubisoft wherever but at least let's flush them out let's flush these bad guys out let's let's reboot let's let's restructure let's reorganize and then moving forwards let's have a safe space for everyone like the crazy part is that that original letter that was sent to rocksteady management was uh, the the original letter from 2018 was signed off by 10 out of the 16 women that were employed by Rocksteady at the time, which is crazy. Like, that 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 percentage is not a fluke. You know what I mean? That's There's something systemic there. But but to me, it's also like 16 women only at a massive studio like Rocksteady. You have only 16 women? That That's unacceptable to me. That's, that's not enough. We live in a very male-dominated industry. I mean, if you're maybe a young woman, like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of... Yeah hypothetically speaking i don't know if this is true but yeah absolutely if you're a young woman you don't see women mentors in the industry you don't get into the industry you know it's kind of like a cycle and that's i think we've got to break that i think that's mm-hmm. same thing with representation of people of color people of um you know different genders and yeah. whatever it is like representation is the best way to cure ignorance and and these these things happening i think yeah so you know what mm-hmm. positive note that hopefully things improve and people pay attention. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully Warner Brothers Games, the, the publisher of the both games there, um, actually pays attention and, and holds its developers li- um, you know, accountable. And, and if you guys have mm-hmm. anything, anything to add yeah. to the discussions we've had, 
in the news or even about Detective Pikachu or the articles we've written about on Double Jump, yeah, you know you can always send through your thoughts and your questions to podcast at doublejump.co. Always welcome. Yeah, questions, contributions, corrections, obviously, like stuff like the like the epic uh, Apple lawsuit is way above our pay grades. So, like, if anyone knows more, wants to, to tell us more about that, please, you know, email us, let us know. We've come to the end of another brilliant episode. Why the hell do we cop a lot of these bad timings for these bloody live streams and events here in Australia? What the hell? <laughs> like, for everyone, um, for people out there, the virtual Gamescom for this year is being hosted over the weekend. Uh, kicks off Friday morning Australian time. I think it's like 3 or 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. on the East Coast, which is yeah, terrible yeah, for yeah. us. It's about a Thursday night for you guys over in Europe, which is fantastic. You know, admittedly, it is a European show, so we get it, but come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm actually super excited about Gamescom this year. Uh, yeah. I was actually planning to go to Germany, to Cologne, uh, yeah. to Köln before, you know, everything else happened, <laughs> everything but I'm happened. excited to still carry on with with um, uh, opening live. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, so far they've announced that uh, Fall Guys Season 2 will have a trailer there. Mm-hmm. There'll mm-hmm. be... Um, There'll be an expansion for Doom, and obviously yep. other surprises. We expect something from Microsoft, maybe the Series yeah. S. We don't really know. Yeah. But yeah, I'll be I'll be on our Discord and uh, chatting about it. You know, posting the news as they come in. And yeah, please join the yeah, discussion definitely. if you happen and, to and, be awake at know, that time. And if, and if you aren't awake at that time, or even if you are and you want a bit more context, definitely keen to see if we can. We'll, we'll try uh-huh. and get together another. Uh, a meaty digest for everyone to kind of uh, sit through and, 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 and read about all the announcements yeah. and the trailers that came out of the show, which I'm sure there's going to be a fair few because we still don't have pricing for the PS5 or the Xbox yeah, I think so, Series yeah. X or Series S for that matter, Mm-mm. nor do we have kind of more indications of kind of what's first party coming from Microsoft um, for the, the new console. That's, that's, that's my worry is that Microsoft's not going to have something to show at Gamescom. Yeah, we'll see. Mostly, Jeff Keighley said, um, mostly announcements regarding already revealed games. So, I wouldn't hold out hope for too many new games, but some surprises, for sure. I I wonder if Microsoft might do what's been rumored and, and might say, well, you know, we have delayed Halo Infinite to 2021, but, you know, maybe Microsoft will hold a you know, a beta or something, a multiplayer beta for the launch. I don't know. That'll be, I'd love to see that, but I don't know. I, I, I just want Microsoft to have something. Yeah. My, my <laughs> gut feeling that is that that's very unlikely. Very unlikely. I think. Oh, don't worry. If they did do that, they'd get, it would get died of mine so hot, so bad that probably it is a big risk to Microsoft to, to, to do it then to not even bother. If you are, if you guys are going to be watching it live, you know, definitely do jump into chat with, with Ed, I know you did that for the last couple of kind of live streams. It's uh, wherever we've got a global discord. So I'm sure there's always going to be someone mm-hmm. awake with you to have a chat. And, and we've got a new yeah. uh, kind of game role, which is focused on final fantasy 14. So we've got a new challenge yeah, yeah, channel yeah. dedicated to final fantasy 14, uh, a new role mm-hmm. and a new emote, which is a lot of fun. Lucas <laughs> and I have asked Jake for a Final Fantasy 14 channel because ever since I joined Double Jump, I was like, Final Fantasy 14, like you have your destinies, <laughs> you have your Minecrafts, we have to have an MMO, like like a like a memo yep. RPG, like come on. Now we have it. We're playing Final Fantasy 14 on uh, the Primal Data Center. We're playing on Fanfrit. Uh, it's open to everyone that's willing to join. We have Amelia from the staff joining. We have Alex from the community. And Lucas hopefully and Jake as well. Rope him so hopefully we'll we'll make this into. <laughs> Hopefully, Jake. Yeah, we're, we're trying our best. Yeah, and then hopefully we'll just kickstart. Wow. We already, I've already made a fellowship, and eventually we'll make a free company, which is basically a guild. Uh, I'm so, getting yeah, back into I'm Apex excited. Legends, so maybe if we get some, uh, some people from the community interested in that, maybe we'll get our own channel there as well, just to coordinate games because mm-hmm. it, it's so much better. I think any game yeah. is really like you know multiplayer game always benefits from the the people you play mm-hmm. with you know it's it's i think that's for any game it's always more fun that way and we've also got a special yeah, Lux emote on the twitch channel for people who are subbing that's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i love it yeah I, I, I love i love just spamming that with no context just just spam it 
it's it, it, it deserves it. And oh, that's been you so know what? fun. If you guys do want to catch all of our streams, um, you can check out a schedule yeah. on across all of our social media. Mm-hmm. You can find us at DBL Jump across most platforms except for Instagram where we are at Double Jump. And you can head over to doublejump.co uh-huh. to read all of our articles. Also, the upcoming Digest for Gamescom 2020, which is going to be... I pray for you. That's going to be a big one. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Ah, but uh, yeah, is there... We'll see how it goes, yeah. Just before yeah, we yeah. go, like, yeah, is there anything you want to... Any shout-outs you want to give uh, to the community for anything they should check out? I have one single shout-out. Yeah. I know it's been delayed this week. And a very funny delay, but the St- the Stanley Parable is one of my favorite games of all time. It's due to get a remaster next year on basically every platform under the sun. Don't sleep on it, please. <laughs> Double Jump Community, do me a favor. Try that's it out your, when it comes your, out, please. Your please, 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 please. Whenever it comes out on your respective platform, and and don't forget, you know, it is already yeah. available on a lot of platforms. Yeah. There, you know what? Make Professor Gafton happy. Do your homework, kids. <laughs> as always thank you ed always yeah, appreciate yeah, it when you come on it's always a lot of fun and, and i love the news hound waiting on the wings every every time you're gearing up for a podcast so definitely thank you man yeah absolutely thank you Albert. thank you for having me on everyone at home stay safe wear your mask wash your hands and be aware that we're all in this together look out for one another yep. all right everyone look out for one another take care everyone see ya bye bye, bye.